Listener Production. Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. Welcome to Dream Club. I'm Brooke Boney. And I'm Linda Mariano. Every week we're going to scan the world of pop culture to pull out and pull apart what is Essential, I'm really baby. Picturing pull apart loaves. Yeah, well, they're so delicious. I'm con- I'm always thinking of them. I'm never not thinking of pull apart loaves. The 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 culture of bread. The culture of bread. That we be do a it for episode. the culture. <laughs> Coming up in this episode, we are going to be talking about the world's a little blurry. The brand new Billie Eilish documentary and a picture of Jonah Hill that made people sort of think twice about the way we talk about people. People's bodies and friendship. Yeah, Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore have been talking so much about how much they love each other. They've been celebrating Drew Barrymore's birthday, and it just brings out the best in people, doesn't it? Just can you feel that? Is it bringing it out of you? I want to boop your nose. <laughs> Let's get into it. Brooke and Linda's Dream Club. First up, the Billie Eilish documentary, The World's a Little Blurry. It came out. It's directed by RJ Cutler, a guy that has made some fantastic documentaries in the past, including the September issue, If You Love Your Fashion. But this new one is very fly on the wall. It's about two and a half hours, a running time (laughs) that I admit I was intimidated by, but I was moved by the Billie Eilish documentary. What did you think of it, Brooke? I'll tell you what, after two hours and 20 minutes, <laughs> the world was a little bit blurry because I, <laughs> that's a long time to sit still, isn't it? I mean, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. But there were parts that made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. And then also by the end, I was like, surely you can edit this down. Come on. Look, there Come is, on, Cutler. There is an inter... RJ Cutler did, did put a big slab in it in the middle that said intermission. But <laughs> if you do want to dive into the Billie Eilish, the world's a little blurry, doco, it's essentially this really intimate look into the rise of Billie Eilish, which has been a short, sharp rise to fame, a change in the way that pop music sounds. She is the, I I think that she is the most important pop artist to come out in the last couple of years. I love the music that she makes with Phineas, her brother. I loved being able to really see their interactions, their songwriting up close and personal. And I think that we don't often get to see the music making factory that is that pop music world, especially at that level of stardom for someone so young. Do you know what my favourite moment was out of the whole two hours and 20 minutes? About 45 minutes in, (laughs) there's this angelic voice um, and it sounds a lot like Linda Mariano. Oh, God. Her debut album. The most talked about teenager in music Not only one of the most important releases for March, but maybe of the year. So you are right. It was one of the most important albums of the year. And it does shift the way that we think about female pop stars, about pop stars in general, because there is this expectation for young people um, or young women to be sexy and to market themselves in a certain way to sell records. And what's interesting about Billie is that she doesn't conform to that. She wears baggy shorts. She wears baggy shirts. Although her voice is otherworldly, it's from like another time or something. It's just 
incredible um, that she doesn't try to be something that she's not. I get such a physiological response when I see artists that I actually believe because I feel like my bullshit radar is quite good from watching and consuming so much music and particularly like looking at the way that artists interact, what they like in interviews. And when you see how closely Billy is with her brother, with songwriting, with how how critical she is of herself, how she is a normal teenager that has mm. these ups and downs, that has romance problems, that has all of it in between and has so much talent. And then you see her perform and see the audience looking back on her with tears in her eyes. I was sitting in bed eating cookies, crying watching this because she has a charisma that is palpable and that is rare. And then you see as well, though, that, She's out there having these very real teenage experiences. Oh. You know, she talks about how um, how she has, you know, difficulty with depression, how she has difficulty with anxiety. And she's putting these really big and serious topics in her music, which is part of the appeal, um, you know, that she has to, to young people. When you get to the promo part and you have this young person sitting there sort of mining their own trauma mm. for the benefit of selling the record, that's what I find really uncomfortable as well. And I've I've interviewed her before and I've thought about this because I think it might have been for Bad Guy or for one of the other songs from the album and thinking about how personal, how deeply personal some of the messages are. You think, how are you out here talking to me? For again the today? And again. Like, why? <laughs> like this is crazy that you're able to keep going over and over and over it. The fact that she is so young is, oh, I, I feel torn about that stuff as well. I'm almost, I'm almost thinking, you know, if, if you're that young and you're putting it out, you're, you're allowed to just let the art speak for itself. Yeah, no, but they have to because they, they have to come and talk to us. They have to come and talk to us. They simply we must. We are part of the machine. <laughs> no. No. One of my favourite moments in The World's A Little Blurry is the subtle, not-so-subtle plotline of her obsession with Justin Bieber and how it comes full circle. When I was, like, 12, that was, like, my first love. Like, that was the person I was in love with. I literally remember sobbing into a pillow because I thought, I'm never going to feel this way about anyone. I'm, I, I literally was terrified that when I got a boyfriend when I was older... That he I won't compare. He won't compare. We've <gasps> all done that. We've all been there, Billy. We get it. Who is yours? Snoop Dogg or something? What? <laughs> yeah, I had a big crush what? on Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I was a real G Funk, like gangster loving gal. Oh. Who was yours? Um, Taylor Hansen, for sure. Oh, he was classic. so hot. His hair, the hair, the eyes. But Billie Eilish and Justin Bieber. So. She huge fan of him and then you go down the kind of trajectory and then he DMs her when bad guy comes out and says, you know, you're a star, I think you're awesome, let me know if you want to work together, if you want to do anything. And she, as you would imagine, like imagine getting a DM from someone that you've been a fan of since you were a child and they're still your musical and probably romantic idol. She flips out. That's how he ends up on the bad guy remix and then their friendship happens in real life at Coachella while they're watching Ariana Grande and there's this beautiful moment of them standing near security while Ariana is playing and they meet 
They hug. She is sobbing in his arms, like overwhelmed with emotion. And it's this moment where she turns from being this star that has just performed at Coachella to being the fangirl Mm. once again with someone that was so important to her. I loved that moment so much because he does that interview with Zane Lowe about how he feels very protective of Billy. And you can see that there's like an unspoken understanding of the experiences that they both have had to endure as child stars. I just want to protect her, you know. I don't want her to go through anything I went through. I don't wish that upon anybody. Yeah, if she ever needs me, I'm... I'm just a call away. And so he knows everything that she's going through and she knows that he knows. And so like as well as it being this incredible, you know, sort of cyclical fan thing, which is so beautiful, they've also got this really incredible bond that there's probably like 10 people in the world who understand like exactly what they're feeling and what they're going through. And then add on top of that, that she's probably kissed posters of him. You know? Yeah, there's some there's some slimy kind of <laughs> lip gloss stain. <laughs> poster everyone, on a wall. Everyone in the world has kissed a poster of someone at some point, but li- I've never, ever heard anyone talk about it. Out yourself. Did you kiss your Snoop yeah. Dogg poster? <laughs> no, I used to kiss I used to kiss the Snoop Dogg one and then I think I would all I had a Leonardo DiCaprio one in my high school oh. locker that I used to kiss. Like openly. <laughs> Not open mouth, but like I mean in the open like people would have walked past and seen that you happen. Smooching Leo. <laughs> uh, you got to practice somewhere. Come true, on. True. I'm still waiting for my first kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, speaking of someone else who grew up very much in the public eye, Jonah Hill. This week, he was papped getting off a surfboard out of his wetsuit. He put on a T-shirt, probably because he's being sun smart. But a bunch of losers decided to (laughs) body shame our one true Jonah and say mean things about his body. But he's not one to cop criticism like that. He did not back down. He he clapped back. (laughs) He made a clap. (laughs) That's not what that means. When you make a clap is when you shake your butt, I think. (laughs) Isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> when you make that. it clap, not make yeah. a clap. That would be if you just did it once. I don't think you can just clap your butt cheeks once. Like it's definitely uh, several claps in a in a row. It. It's a roll. <laughs> I anyway, can't. Jonah didn't make a clap. What he did was clap back at the haters. And I really loved it because there's so much scrutiny on the bodies of others. He wrote this. I don't think I ever took my shirt off in a pool until I was in my mid-30s. Even in front of family and friends, probably would have happened sooner if my childhood insecurities weren't exacerbated by years of public mockery about my body by press and interviewers. So the idea that the media tries to play me by stalking me while surfing and printing photos like this, it can't phase me anymore, is dope. I'm 37 and finally love and accept myself. This isn't a good for me post and it's definitely not a feel bad for me post. It's for the kids who don't want to take their shirt off at the pool. Have fun. You're wonderful and awesome and perfect. All my love. Oh, and Daily Mail, not even you can take that smile from my face. That's clap. Make a clap. Make Make a clap. Praise the day that people don't need to talk about being body positive and brave and confident and Mm. can just be. Do you know what I really find frustrating about conversations around people's bodies? Um, Firstly, that they're happening. But secondly, that there's this idea that, 
you know, for you to have all of your maximum amount of points, you have to be young, you have to be thin, you have to be rich, you have to be a certain colour skin, you have to have certain hair, and that anything outside of that detracts points. And so then you're not as worthy, you know, your value isn't as high. And so then, you know, you're not as deserving of love from other people or, you know, you can't love yourself fully until you do fit into that category. That makes me sick. And there's no way that you can ever fit into those categories because those categories change. And the fact that people are made to feel insecure, especially from a young age, like what Joan is saying, Mm. is horrible. Like you're someone that's on TV every day as well, Brookie. Yeah. So last year I lost like a little bit of weight, maybe like between 10 and 12 kilos. It's not insignificant. It's like a normal amount of weight to lose, but I put it on the year before. And it's so interesting the way that people talk about things like that. Like, oh, you look so great. What are you doing? And then I'm like, wait, didn't I look good before? What did you think I looked like last year? (laughs) Did I look terrible and no one was telling me? Um, So it sort of makes you feel weird even when you're complimenting someone about the way that they look. I think... There is this idea that, you know, oh, you're put on weight, so you must be like slightly unhappy. And to be honest, like I was a little bit unhappy, but mostly because I have clothes that are a certain size. I've pretty much always been a certain size. Yeah. And so then you don't fit them anymore. You just feel a bit uncomfortable. You're eating terribly. You know, that was my personal experience. Um, And so I just really find this whole conversation around looking at other people's bodies and thinking about them and commenting on them, trying to get like sneaky photos of them or whatever. I don't like it. No, thanks. Not for me. Not for you? Not for me. Definitely for me. (laughs) (laughs) I had a friend that was... Interesting because I actually, I love body shaming. I I think it's great. It's a a booming industry um, and I think we should be investing in it and just make people feel insecure from a very young age. (laughs) (laughs) One of my best friends, Nami Shimada, is a model, she's an author, she's an activist, and she started modelling lingerie at the age of 14. Wow. Wild, right? Yeah. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> wow. A roller coaster of a wow from Brooke Boney. <laughs> but so you can't do that anymore. That is illegal. <laughs> she's in her early 30s now. But when that started, she didn't know any better. And she started out as what you would call a normal size model, which means she was super thin. And then when she kind of started to grow into a body that was from a size 8 to a size 10, maybe to a size 12, and then all of a sudden she became a plus size model. And while people saw that as, wow, this is so confidence building, this is awesome, you know, now when you go to shoots, you need to pad your body because if you're a plus size model, we also have this entire degree of what a plus size model is and it is just as scrutinizing as a super thin model because you then have to have certain proportions, you need to have certain hips, you need to have certain boobs. And so it was kind of just as restricting. And what just needs to happen is a diversifying of what we see as normal bodies. So yes to clapping back at those haters. (laughs) And just to making it clap. Making it Clap, making a clap, <laughs> making it clap, making a clap all day long, Applause baby. All around. Woo. I'm under construction, like we all are. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? we are. Like- Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano, the Dream Club. <laughs> 
Brooke Barney, Linda Mariano, bringing you the Dream Club. Lindy, I saw the most wonderful and wholesome thing on the internet this week. Um, the OG, you know, gal pal duo. <laughs> Not us. Not us. I'm talking Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore. Just the most wonderful public expression of female friendship. And this is what Cameron Diaz said to Drew on her birthday. And you know that my birthday is coming up in what, just under two months? <laughs> Are you giving me an eight-week notice on yes. writing some yes, sonnet to you? <laughs> if it's not as good as this, I'm really going to have to start to question your loyalty. Anyway, this is what she said. Um, I can't wait to just grow old with you and to experience the rest of our life together because it's truly one of the great joys of my life is our friendship. And when I think about you, I literally I'll cry because... I just think you're so special and to celebrate you is the absolute, like all, every year it's one of my favourite times of the year is to get to celebrate you. It was on um, TV in the US. One part of it that I particularly loved was I can't wait to grow old with you. I think it's pretty wonderful and I think it's really true that women are relying less on men for their emotional needs to be met. I know that you and I have spoken about this as well, that over the years we've relied on each other and our female friendships more so than we have had to invest in relationships sometimes. Mm. And it's been so important. And particularly because we're both bozos and choose to go out with people who are like in different countries, you know? Yeah. Those moments when we were like, oh no, it's so far away from when we're going to see our loved ones, blah, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And so we really would rely on each other, um, you know, in, in those times. But I also think it's sort of unrealistic in this day and age to expect all of your needs to be met by, you know, one particular person. Um, you know, I think that you do need, like, you need your mum, you need your best friends, you need, you know, colleagues at work and you need your, you know, your intimate partner as well. And they form obviously like such a huge part of what your, you know, foundation is. But to expect that everything that you need is going to be able to come from one person is such a huge burden to bear. Yeah, and to think that then you're going to have amazing sex with that person. It's mm. like, well... I'm going to discuss art with this person. I'm going to talk to Brooke when I've got a relationship problem. I'm going to talk to Tate when I want to find out the best place to go for food. And then this person I'm going to have sex with. And, you know, like I just I, I love that we can be more open-minded about these things. And to be honest, hearing Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore talk about how they love spending birthdays together, they love travelling together, like that is not a dirty thing. I feel like in the past, if you are growing old with another woman friend, it's like, oh, the two bag ladies hanging out and yeah, like celebrating Patty their and 46th Selma. birthday. And it's like, F you, man, that's cool. Like, I'm going to take my daughters to Hawaii with Brooke for my 50th birthday and we're going to have the best time because that's what we can do. Do you reckon we're going to be able to travel this year, though, for your 50th? For my 50th birthday, if we can't travel by September, I'm going to be really angry, guys. Now, this is a beautiful segue into our Dream Club update for this week, Lindy. It's time for a DM. Dream big. When you finish eating at a restaurant, don't just take one of the mints by the building place. Take two or three or four and put them in your bag for later. 
recycle them. And if you have leftovers, give them to me. Stop shaming me about my eating habits. I'm allowed to eat right before I go to bed. It's okay. I need to wait two hours. You also don't have to wait two hours to swim, Lindy. Oh, because my stomach's going to be bloated. I don't care. My stomach's going to be bloated no matter what. I'm going to wee in the pool. Wee in the pool. It's okay. And wee in the So it's time for our Dream Club update where we talk about the things that we're dreaming and just getting right in our goals of life. And my one this week, Brooke, is something that I've taken on board for the last few days and I have to say it is totally working so far. What? Gimme, gimme, gimme. So I do this thing where I write out not just a to-do list for each day, I write out a daily success plan and it's don't laugh at me, man. No, I love it. Please. I love, I love it, it. So, so much. So basically you divide your day up into the things that you want to get done and you write out a series of big goals that you want to accomplish that day. And so you divide it into your well-being goals. So it can be make sure that you go for a walk, make sure that you meditate, make sure that you do your yoga class. You have your personal goals that might be to do with your family or your partner, your social goals and your work goals, your work to-do list, which is always whatever. Now, I spoke to a career coach last week and they were saying that one thing that might really help with levels of calmness and productivity is to not wait until you wake up in the morning to write out that to-do list, but actually do it the night before. I would find that I would be thinking about it before I go to bed. At some subconscious level, I would be thinking about it while I'm sleeping or maybe it's disrupting my sleep pattern. And then as soon as I wake up in the morning, it's like, great, now I can finally vomit this out onto the page and now it's out of my head and now I can tackle it. And this career coach said, why don't you try doing it before you go to sleep? So it's already out of your head onto that page. As soon as you wake up in the morning, you're already 10 steps ahead because you've already processed it. Do you know what? This is why you're a dreamer because you're doing things like this. And I just, I love it. I love that you call it a success plan because Mm -hmm. like the old saying goes, if you don't have a plan, then you plan to fail. Is that it? Is that how you say it? Yeah. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. That's it. And do you know what? You've got a coach. It reminds me of like an American football team or something like, yo, coach, what do you got for yo, me today? Coach. Yo, coach, what am I going to put in my success why plan? Why the coach a cool Italian man? <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, <laughs> I'm Italian. You're, I, can, I don't know if I'm allowed to do an accent. I don't know if I am. You're married to me. Okay. You're Italian by association. <laughs> I think that is exactly how it works. Um, mine is sort of along the same vein as yours because I know I've got a very busy month ahead of me. You know, when I look down the barrel of a very busy month like that, I'm like, whoa, I need to make sure that I get all of this stuff done. But also I don't want to get super stressed out or feel like overwhelmed by it. And so, you know, we are a big fan of yoga, you and I, uh, but I wanted to do something that makes it a bit more of a routine um, that I do every day and sort of commit to it. So I'm going to do 
uh, one of the Yoga with Adrian 30-day challenges so that I have something that's sort of grounding every single day of the month. And um, it's accountable. I will check in on you. You can keep me accountable. Put it in your, put that in your success plan then. <laughs> in my social calendar. Yes, where it's like, check, check in, in with Brooke. Brooke. Check mm. she's done her Yoga with Adrian challenge. I love the coach so much. Can we please, can I speak to him? Can you record him talking for me? I'll just put on his voice. Now, you need to understand that every time you say yes to something, it's an opportunity cost. Whoa. I love it. Yeah. We'll be back next Wednesday, but until then, join our Dream Club and follow us at the Dream Club podcast on Instagram. Oh, and tag us in a pic. Show us where you're listening from. Go tell your friends. Sharing is caring. And I want to know what your dream is this week. Please share it with us. Here we go. Yo, coach. Wow. Yeah. Wild. Oh, the two bag ladies. We're both bozos. Whatever. Listener.